Good day. Uh, this is Kenneth Law, lead pastor of the Embassy Church, and you are listening to the Embassy Church podcast. And so weekly I come on here and share some of the notes from what I previously ministered on that Sunday. And to, today I'm going to minister and share some of my notes from our New Year's Eve service and, and share some things and give you insight uh, to where our ministry is going, but we believe where the body of Christ is also headed, needs to be heading in such a time as this. And so I want you to get your notepad and get your pen and uh, prepare to take some great notes and receive some revelation and insight. And we're going to have a good time for these next few moments, okay? So the, this message uh, was called a strategic kingdom message. It's called a, a strategic kingdom message. And, and I'm going to minister and well, actually share and just talk through the notes for you and just maybe add a little bit more than what I did on that night. This is a strategic kingdom message for 2019 and beyond. God is too big to be contained to a year or a theme. This message is about strategy. In Matthew 6 and 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The word strategy, it comes from a Greek word, strategia. It means the art of a troop leader, office of general, a command, a generalship. It is a high level plan to achieve one or more goals under conditions of uncertainty. Strategy is important because the resources available to achieve these goals are usually limited. Strategy generally involves setting goals determining actions to achieve the goals, and mobilizing resources to execute the actions. A strategy describes how the ends, the goals, will be achieved by the means, the, net, the resources. Strategy can be intended or can emerge as a pattern of activity as the organization adapts to its environment or competes. It involves activities such as strategic planning and strategic thinking. Strategy is the art of planning and directing overall military operations and movements in a war or battle. We don't need a theme. We need a strategy. We definitely are moving forward and preparing more of a strategy where you're headed and the things that God has called you to do and the things that are in your, uh, your spirit require strategic planning and strategic thinking. You must come out of religion and into the reality of what you've been called to do. And sometimes we live in, live in more of a, a fantasy of our leadership, fantasy of our worship, fantasy of who we are in Christ. And we forget the strategy, the plans uh, that are necessary to make to fulfill this, to carry this out for this to be executed and not for it to just be a wish or like I said, a fantasy, but it has to be executed. It can be fulfilled. Everything in your life can be fulfilled. If you begin with strategic thinking, move into strategic planning, you'll be able to move into strategic execution, strategic implementation. You're able to see things unfold intentionally in your life according to what you have dreamt or what you have envisioned. Every vision and every dream requires a strategy and requires um an actual plan. So when you're seeking the kingdom of God, and we're talking about Matthew 6, 33, seeking the kingdom of God is not, is just not a focus. 
and a priority. Uh, and let me let me repeat that again. Seeking the kingdom of God is just not a focus and a priority. It is also a strategy. So in practical terms, a kingdom may be defined as the sovereign rule of a king over territory, domain, impacting it with his will, purpose, and intent. In this biblical text, the word kingdom, as used by Jesus, refers to God's government, God's rulership, God's dominion over the earth. The kingdom of God means God's will executed, God's jurisdiction heaven's influence, God's administration, and God's impact and influence. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his personal will, purpose, and intent, producing a culture, values, morals, and lifestyle that reflect the king's desires and nature for his citizens. When we seek the kingdom of God, we also seek the king and the life of the king. And the king adds to our lives what we need because we are sons. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Here's something that we used to say from time to time, and, and we're getting back to saying it in our ministry, is this. It says, when my heart is right towards God, he is obligated to orchestrate the circumstances, events, and situations of my life to bring me into the knowledge of the things I need to know and the people I need to know that are critical for the fulfillment of my purpose and destiny in my life. So let me help you with that. That's an exciting and powerful statement. When we seek the kingdom of God, it's not just he gives us what we need for day-to-day -day, uh, living, but he gives us day-to-day -day, uh, resources for us to execute his will to bring us into the circles we need to be, to give us the influence we need to have so that we can have the impact. He wants us also to be able to meet the people that are gonna help us fulfill the will of God. So when the kingdom of God, when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things are added unto us, what's added is contacts, connections, um, favor, uh, plans, uh, strategies, different resources, different people that you need to meet, different paths that you need to cross, people that you need to connect with that will help you take things to another level. Connect, uh, uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is not just about making sure that we have clothes and food every day. That's, the, that's, that's nothing. What was really exciting about seeking first the kingdom of God is that God is obligated to now provide to me the resources necessary to fulfill the strategy and the plan that I have dis uh, been discovered, but more so have I built. I've, I've, I've written it down. I'm, I'm researching it. I'm, I'm thinking differently. So when you begin to think strategically and you begin to plan strategically, God's obligated because you're seeking the kingdom of God. He's obligated to help you connect the dots. He's obligated to help you bring you into the people that are going to help you, bring you into the resources that are going that are necessary for you to fulfill your dream, your purpose, your calling, your function. That is profoundly and emphatically exciting to hear that the Lord, he's obligated because we've sought his kingdom, the king, and we are seeking his righteousness, right alignment. When we do these things, all these other things that are necessary. For us to live, 
to accomplish great things and live the life that God has ordained, he's obligated to make sure these things are added to our lives as we prioritize the kingdom of God. I'm that's just mind blowing. As I prioritize the kingdom and the king, the king prioritizes me. So as I prioritize the Lord, as I prioritize my king, the king makes sure that I'm as much as a priority to him as I am, as, as he is to me. And that's that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm excited that the more I prioritize the king, the more the king prioritizes me. And, and it's not that I just, I'm glad and I know that the Lord loves me. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm great about that. But what I'm more so excited, not only does he love me, but he is providing, he's putting things in place for me to have impact and have influence. So some of us stop at, I'm just glad that the Lord loves me. I'm glad too. However, if he says things are added, I want his love and the additions of resources so that I can live the life that he has called me to live and I can have impact locally and globally. When I prioritize the kingdom, the kingdom prioritizes me. And together, we need each other. And together, we have impact and we have influence. That's exciting. I'm profoundly, that is just emphatically exciting. Um, and, and so when we are righteous before God in right alignment, he's obligated. The king is obligated to take care of his citizens, of his sons. So I'm going to provide like three strategies. And this is the first one. The first one is this, based off of what I just said, seek the kingdom. You'll have the life of the king. Things will be added. Seek the kingdom. You'll have the life of the king. Things will be added. So your first strategy is learning how to seek and prioritize. The kingdom, that's a strategy, your strategy. And you and the detail, the planning of that is through prayer, worship, studying of the word, uh, studying resources on the kingdom. Some of the things I'm sharing with you come from Dr. Miles Monroe, a uh, series on the kingdom, um, chapter, uh, book two, uh, discovering the kingdom of God. And, and that's, that's a, a profound thing. Un rather, the book is the understanding the kingdom preparing for kingdom experience and expansion. And so the first one is that you can get is the uh, Rediscovering the Kingdom by Dr. Miles Monroe. I use him. And then there's a third one called Applying the Principles of the Kingdom. I think that's the name of it. It's three of them. You can get it on Amazon uh, that I think are great studies to have. So kingdom strategy number one, seek the kingdom. That's his first strategy, seek the kingdom. Matthew 16 and 18 says, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, you, uh, you will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have been given keys. We have been given the keys of the kingdom. Now, I'm going to give you about seven things here about keys. Number one, keys are laws. The keys are the laws and the principles, and it's the word of God. But also, it's a few other things. Keys are laws. Number one, keys are laws. Take good notes. They are fixed, reliable standards that never change. When used correctly, they always work 
example, key of faith, the key of honor, the key of serving, the key of giving, key of praise, the key of love, the key of prayer, the key of worship, the key of covenant. These are keys that every time you use them, they will work as like the law of gravity. Whatever I throw up, regardless of where I am in the world, regardless of what time it is, whatever I throw up in the air shall return to the earth because of gravity, because of the law of gravity that works 24 hours a day. The law of gravity works 24 hours a day. So the Lord is saying, you have keys that I've given you, laws that work 24 hours a day. Can you imagine, can you even get your mind to see that every time you use the key of giving, it works 24 hours a day. Every time you use the key of prayer, the key of faith, the key of honor, the key of serving, worship, praise, the key of excellence, every time you use God's keys, his laws, his principles, they work 24 hours a day and they open up doors for you 24 hours a day. There's not one key that God gives us that does not work all the time. That right there is enough to shout. Number two, keys are principles. When Jesus spoke of the keys of the kingdom, he wasn't talking about literal physical keys to open physical locks. The keys of the kingdom are principles, systems that operate under fixed laws. When he gives us the keys, he gives us the principles by which the kingdom of heaven operates. We gain access to the systems that make the kingdom of heaven work. All, and once and once we learn the laws, the system and the principles, all of heaven will be available to us. You have to learn the keys, the principles of how things work. So when you use them all the time, there's a full expectation that they will always work. That's why you should always have faith in the word of God. Having faith in the word of God is that I already know this works. When I pray, the Bible says, when you pray, you know, be confident. You know what you prayed and what you asked for that you receive it. Be confident. Use your keys because when you use your keys properly and in faith with wisdom and knowledge and understanding, you know what it's supposed to do. You already know I'm guaranteed. So then here's another key. You learn how to use the principle of thanksgiving. You give God thanks even when nobody else can see what you're thanking God for. Even if you don't see it in the natural, use the key of thanksgiving. That's the highest form of faith is thanking God for what has not manifested yet. But the Bible is clear that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when I bind myself to give thanks and I loose my praise and my thanksgiving, heaven responds and then heaven begins to move through my keys of thanksgiving. It's already releasing, even though I don't have to see it. I already just know it because I use the keys. That's, that's phenomenal. Just using the keys is powerful in, in that right. So that's something to get excited for, about. Number three, keys are systems. Every government runs on systems, the social system, the economic system, the political system, the educational system, the telecommunication system, etc. Knowledge of the systems and how they work is a key to power and influence. Control the systems and you control the government. Disrupt the systems and you disrupt the government. Destroy the systems and you destroy the nation. That's how powerful systems are. 
even more. That's how powerful knowledge can be. The systems of the kingdom of heaven are beyond the reach of those outside the kingdom and are in no danger of being disrupted or destroyed. Kingdom citizens, on the other hand, have access to, the, the, to those systems and can bring the influence of kingdom systems to bear in earthly situations. That is why kingdom citizens can rest confident in victory and success, no matter what circumstances may suggest. So the most important thing any of us could do is to make sure that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have to be knowledgeable of the systems that exist in our keys, our systems. So when we use the key of order, the key of honor, the key of excellence, the key of sowing, the key of giving, the key of honor, these are some amongst others. These are keys. These are actual systems that when you operate, you control the flow of the government and you begin to move in those things. That's why you have to be knowledgeable about them and function in those things. Even understanding the key and understanding the key of honor and authority. We must understand how these systems work so that we can receive good reports on our behalf. We can have favor in our communities, favor in our cities, in our nations, in this world, simply because we understand how the keys are systems that unlock and open up a different flow of life for us. So we must be functional and not dysfunctional in those things. Number four, keys activate function, which basically a, a car operates on gasoline. The key of gasoline app, act, uh, oct, uh, excuse me, activates the function of the car. Without gasoline, the car will not run no matter how many other keys you have. The keys of the kingdom activate heaven so that you can, that we can fully enjoy our rights and privileges as kingdom citizens. The keys of the kingdom allow us to enjoy all the rich and good things of God without measure. The keys activate function. So we understand when we use our keys, it opens up when we believe. When we come in, even in church and we hear the man or woman of God speaking and you're listening and you're tying your faith into those things, what happens is that those things begin to uh, activate and you begin to move those things into a place where you can function in who you are, beginning to move into your destiny, be begin to move into your gifting, your purpose. And so your keys are your function. They help activate function. They help you to find out who you are, where you're going, where you're to be, your position in life, what you've been called to do. That's exciting. Number five, keys initiate action. Just as the key to a car initiates action by starting the engine, the keys of the kingdom, when we know how to use them, initiate action in heaven. So anytime you use a key in a car, you turn it, it turns the whole car on. It activates the, the action of the car, the movement of the car. All of these things are activated. You, you turn these things on, you initiate the action of whatever it is. When I come into my house and I turn the key, the doors open, it initiates me to being able to come into my home and, and, and take part of my house. When anytime I go any place that requires a key, 
it initiates an action. It turns things on. Uh, it, it, it activates things. So you got to be knowledgeable of your keys or how it initiates action. Number six, keys are the principles by which the kingdom of God operates. Not only are keys principles, but specifically keys to the operation of the kingdom. They give us access to the blueprints, the schematic, the flowcharts, so that we can understand and appropriate the inner workings of the kingdom of heaven. So we must understand that the kings are the, the keys, rather, are the principles by which the kingdom of God operates. So when Jesus gives us the keys of the kingdom, he's saying, now I want to teach you and give you what you need in order to operate in the kingdom, through the kingdom, and the kingdom operating through you. We want the kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our keys help the kingdom to be thy kingdom come on earth. Number seven, keys cannot be substituted by feelings, emotions, wishful thinking, or manipulation. If you are locked out of your house without a key, no amount of begging or pleading or wishing will make that door open. If your car is out of gas, you can sit behind the wheel and dream and will and will all uh, and all you want it and and will it <laughs> and will all you want for it to move but it will stay right where it is so i want you to understand that you can go to god all kind of ways all you want crying and snotting but that won't move anything because emotions don't move the kingdom keys do emotions don't move the kingdom keys do the kingdom of heaven operates on keys and you can wish and feel and beg and plead all you want, but without the right keys, you will still be locked out of the things, out of all the things God has promised you because feelings don't open doors. Keys do. Kingdom strategy number two, use the keys of the kingdom. Use the keys of the kingdom and things will be open to you. Luke 14, rather Luke 4, rather, 4, 17 through 19, it says, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the lit to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The anointing of God is not only the spirit of God, but also the spirit of God resting upon and in the people to change the state and nature of a situation, a community, region, nation in the world. The anointing of God rests upon the people to accomplish something for God that the people can't naturally do for themselves. That can change the landscape of things for generations to come. The anointing of God is the spirit of God that rests upon and in the people God, in the people God that allows those people to do supernatural things that can change the state of people's lives, places and things in a matter of a moment. The anointing of God is God's personal spirit of empowerment released to us to act on his behalf, to advance his agenda and his will here on earth. The anointing of God changes what's impossible into what's possible. The anointing of God changes the hearts of men in one moment. The anointing of God turns whole cities 
around and bring souls into the kingdom of God. The anointing of God brings favor and resources into the hands of wise, strategic, and faithful saints. So the anointing is the ability God gives the believer to accomplish the work of the ministry and to serve him. The physical act of anointing is to apply oil on someone for the purpose of consecrating the work of God in his or her life. It is confirmation of a calling or function sealed by the Holy Spirit in which the oil is only a visible symbol. The person who anoints another is God's agent. Through the uh, act of anointing, the person is enabled to carry out their assigned functions. The anointing is the expression of God's supernatural power to carry out what is being done. It is the ability and power, presence, and glory of God being manifested in the flesh. It is God in the flesh doing only what God can do. The anointing is not a famous preaching style mimic. It is God flowing through us to get his assignment done. The anointing is the overflowing of the divine life of God in human life, which has been consecrated and set apart to effectively impart the light, life, and fragrance of God's word into the lives of, of others. The anointing is my presence. I make myself available to my people through the outpourings of my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit has been released upon the earth from the very beginning of creation. He is my agent for all that I do. He is the energy, the power that accomplishes my word. The anointing of God is a key of the kingdom given to the citizens, the sons of the kingdom to fulfill the will of the king on the earth. In Micah 2 and 13, uh, it says the breaker goes up before them. They break out and pass through the gate and go out by it. There are some things that need to be broken through tonight and in the beginning of 2019, because if they aren't, you will repeat the same thing over again, and that will be detrimental to your destiny. So I'm going to talk about the breaker, uh, the, the word breaker, and who is the breaker. The term breaker is foreign. To most Christians, breaker through is one of the titles given to Christ. The image here in Micah is one of both conquering and deliverance. Something has to be broken through. Something has to be overcome. In Micah, the breaker crashes a gate in order to move the Israelites into the open place. It is a place where they are not confined. The gate of the prison, that which held them back, has been burst open to set them free. The Hebrew word, Hebrew word for breaker is parats. It means to break out, to burst out, to grow, to increase, to be open. The implica implication is that something has been closed off, shut up, diminished, stunted, restricted, or confined. So the word parats, parats has to do with breaking out of a prison-like structure growing, spreading, or increasing in any area or opening that has been previously shut up. So it, the word is synonymous with break, shatter, smash, break up, crush, splinter, burst, 
break in pieces, demolish, and eradicate. So in the second part, the B part of, of Micah 2.13, it says, so their king goes on before them and the Lord at their head. So the second part of the scripture is even more powerful because I don't have to break out by myself. My king goes before me and the Lord is at my head. And so as I was ministering this and as I even going back through the notes to share with you today, I come to realize and, and yeah, the, the first strategy was seek first, seek first the kingdom of God. Strategy number one, number strategy number two, use the keys of the kingdom of God. But number three, if I'm with the breaker, which is an anointing, which is a, an, an, another name for Jesus Christ. And it says, so their king goes on before them and the Lord at their head. The key is here, but now that I understand that when the king, so the king goes on before them, but before that, it says they break out, pass through the gate and they go out by it. But after that, it says, so their king goes on before them and the Lord at their head, which means the king went first and we followed behind the king as he broke through for us and he's our head. And so my strategy, my kingdom strategy, number three is simply this, follow the king. That's what we're doing. That's where we're moving. It's not a theme. It is a strategy. We follow the king. We seek first the kingdom of God. We use the keys of the kingdom and we follow the king. The king goes ahead. The breaker goes up before them. We break out. We pass through the gate and we go out by it. And our king goes on before us. And the Lord, our Lord, is at our head. And so when you read that and make it personal, I want you to read it again. Say, so the breaker goes up before us. We break out, pass through the gate, and we go out by it. So our king goes on before them, before us, and the Lord at our head. And that means we follow the king. We seek first the kingdom of God. We use the keys of the kingdom, and we follow the king. We follow him out. He's already broke through it. He's already broke it down. He's already smashed it. He's taken us out of this confined place and taken us into an open place. He's broken down the prison doors. He has delivered us. He has set us free. And all we had to do was follow the king. And hear my instructions for you on this podcast, everything you do. Make sure you seek first the kingdom of God. Make sure you use the keys of the kingdom of God and make sure you follow the king in every area of your life. And if you follow the king, he will help you with strategic planning. He will help you with the strategic details. He will help you with your strategy. He will help you with your ideas. Follow him and because things have broken open and have been released for you to think and to hear clearly. So your time, even in this year going forward, you was confined in your thinking, confined in your inner, in, in your ideas, confined in your creativity, cre just confined. But I'm telling you, the anointing, the power, the anointing of the breaker has gone forth. Jesus Christ, our breaker has gone forward. We are to follow behind our king as he breaks forward for us. And this is for his citizens. 
his sons, those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. This is a time of great breaking and a time of great breaking through. And everything that was of restraint and constraint has been annihilated and eradicated by our king himself, by the breaker's anointing. Let me say it again for you. You have to make sure that number one, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Number two, use the keys of the kingdom of God. And number three, follow the king. That's your thing. You got to follow the king in 2019 and beyond. It may take you on a journey. It may take you someplace, but trust me, he's at your head and it's better for you to look at his back than for you to trust your own vision. Trust what you see in front of him and watch him plow through and plow things out of your way. Things are clearing up for you. Things are moving out of the way for you. You're having sweatless victories. Things are going to happen for you going forth in this year that you don't have to work so hard because the breakers anointing, which was already released thousands of years ago, is on us and is upon us. And we have become breaker people because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the breakers anointing and you have now the anointing, a key of the kingdom to break through. So anytime you come across Across anything stagnant, anything that's trying to push back, open your mouth and use your praise, your worship, use your prayer language, use your faith, use your word, use what you have to break free and to break through. Even in, in Matthew 16, it says, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. So when you hear that and no weapon formed against you shall prosper, you are anointed to break through. You are a breakthrough. You are a breaker because Christ is in you. And because Christ is in you, you have his personality, his strengths, you have his traits. And one of his traits is a breaker, a breaker through. You are that. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And I want you to rejoice and be excited that with anything that you come across that tries to stand against you, you have an anointing, a key to break forward, to break through and even to break things down and move forward in what God has called you to do. That is exciting. That is phenomenal. And I want to give you this scripture that you can keep breaking today. In Isaiah 54 and one, it says, saying, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We're going to break forth into 2019 with high praise, breaking limitations, breaking restrictions. You should, you, it's time for expansion. It is time for growth. It is time for you to move forward and do not hold back of what is supposed to grow. Do not spare. Do not try to be humble, but be bold with it. 
it and you know that it's your time, it is even time for those who have been barren to now break forth with singing and coming into childbearing that there will be none barren amongst us. I believe that everything that's been stagnant is breaking up for such a time as this. And I want you to begin to praise the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you as I come to the close of this podcast that you begin to move in the anointing of the breaker, that you seek first the kingdom of God, that you use the kingdoms, the keys of the kingdom of God, and that you begin to follow the king. Father God, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we give you honor and glory and praise. We bless your holy and awesome name, for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we bless your holy name. You are God. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this podcast, that whoever is listening to this in the name of Jesus Christ, that they will be excited, that they will rejoice, that a shift and a change has come, and that they're moving greater into the kingdom. They're using their keys. I release I release a spirit, the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I bind them to the knowledge of the keys and I loose them the wisdom of the keys that they begin to move in a full understanding of the keys of the kingdom. Holy Spirit, begin to flow through this podcast, begin to touch the ears, the hearts, the mind, the speech, the, 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 the brain, and, and everything that they're needing, Father God, to be able to to move on what you have called. I call them to be activated, for them to move in their function, for them to understand the keys, the laws, the principles, the word of God, so that they can begin to move in the systems of the kingdom of God and that things begin to initiate and take action because they know how to use the keys of the kingdom. So Father, I rejoice and I thank you for this word that will go forth all over the world through the embassy church, through the people of God, through this podcast. And I thank you for this word for such a time as this. So Father, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. We bless your holy and awesome name. You are God and we are following the King. So Father, we thank you. You keep moving and we're right there with you. So Father, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord a high praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. God bless you all. I love you to life. This is Kenneth K. Law, lead pastor of the Embassy Church. And stay tuned for our next podcast coming up soon. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you and have a great one. Follow the King. We hope you enjoyed the Embassy Church podcast. Join us on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the Embassy Church, 122 Pipe Maker Circle, Suite 202, Pula, Georgia, 31322. Our website is www.theembassylife.org. We would love to see you. If you're in the Pool area, Savannah area, or if you're looking for a church home, please come through. We would love to have you, love to serve you, and share with you the embassy experience. So until then, God bless you. This is Kenneth Law, lead pastor of the Embassy Church. We're here to serve, and we love you to life. God bless.
Well, good afternoon, and this is uh, Kenneth Law of the K7 uh, Leadership Network, just chiming in with you. Man, happy New Year to everyone, and hope your New Year is getting off to a phenomenal start. Man, uh, great things are happening, and, and I'm excited about where we're headed, and hope you're excited about where you're headed. And one of the reasons why I'm excited about where I'm headed is because I'm intentionally putting things in place to get where I want to go. And so today, as I talk to you briefly, very briefly about um, uh, what I'm going to talk about, which is becoming and valuing your goals, I'm going to share that because I'm tying it into also my K7 Leadership Network and uh, because we have a great weekend coming up on January 25th and the 26th here in Pula, Georgia at uh, the Embassy Church, 122 Pipe Maker Circle. And so uh, I just want to share a few things briefly with you that you could possibly use and help you as you grow as a leader, uh, but also in life. And so uh, the topic is becoming and valuing your goals. And so I say good afternoon to everybody. I got great friends and family on here and bless God for you all. Um, becoming and valuing your goals. It's important that you not only set your goals, but are clear about your goals, but you also got to become your goals. And so when I said this, this is what I come to understand. Uh, that it's not only just important just to set goals, you have to become them. And you have to become them uh, simply by immersing yourself in what you want to do and what you want to become. So I'll use this particular goal because this is kind of how mostly everybody can relate to this. Usually around this time of the year, people are making New Year's resolutions to go to the gym. And so, which is a great thing and it's a goal, but the challenge is, when you get kind of to a place about 30 days in, sometimes people, a lot of people fall off of their resolutions within the first month. So I'm just going to use the gym as a great reference. Uh, one of the challenges with the gym, uh, one of the reasons why people can't stick to it is because you're trying to accomplish your goal based on the gym, based on equipment, based on other things. But really what's has, what really has to happen to you is, first of all, a kind of a different perspective about what you're trying to do. And that's, you have to become the gym. You can't just go to the gym. You have to become it, which means there may be days when you don't get to the physical gym, but yet because you have become the gym, you will do something of some fitness nature, of nature of fitness around the house, whether it's walking or going someplace. So you have to begin to become the goal. And not just say, I have a goal. And because having a goal is different than becoming a goal. And so, as in case in point, when I say that I have to, you know, I go to the gym, that simply means I have to become that. I have to make sure that I am aware of my fitness and my health at all times. That means that I may not get to the gym or if I travel, I find a gym inside my hotel or I go walking. Well, the, the point of it is once you become the goal, you begin to search out and behave in a way that keeps you intact with the goal. And then you begin to see momentum. And so you you have to realize that uh, they have to your goals rather have to become a part of your everyday life, just like breathing and sleeping. So it's not just enough to just 
I'm going to, I got to go. No, it has to be as much of an immersive part of your life. It has to be a much, it has, like your right hand, uh, your skin, your goals have to become you and you have to become your goals and you have to then value those things. You have to value what you are desiring to become because I want to give you a couple of points. Uh, one way to become your goals is to value and to respect your goals. If you don't value and respect your goals, your goals are simply will be statements written on a paper. So you have to value them and you have to respect them in order to get anything out of them. And then the number two thing uh, is your habits must be intentionally built or redesigned to help you accomplish your goals. Your habits make, you know, they'll make and break you every day. Uh, habits make and break destinies every minute of the day. So if you have lofty ideas and lofty goals, then you got to upgrade your habits because you can have goals of fitness, but your habits are behaving totally contrary to your goals. And so it can be very frustrating if you have habits that are anti-goal. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that, you can have great habits. Or you can say, well, I want to lose weight. But your habits are always snacking at three in the morning or you're worrying or you're stressing. And so you have to begin to allow yourself to make sure your habits are in sync with your goals. Your habits are going to determine how far you go with your goals and how successful you will be within your goals. And if your goals are simply things written on a paper, then it's going to be hard because as much as your goals have to become you, your habits have to become you. Those things have to shift and change for you to get a better product. So if I want to make bread, but I go and build a factory that makes auto parts, I'm not going to see any bread anytime soon because my system won't allow me to do that. The system that I built will not allow me to produce bread. It would only allow me to produce auto parts. The system that you have in place, those are your habits. Your habits is the operating system that you have that you deal with every day. And if your operating system that you have is only going to produce auto parts, then you can't get mad at the end of the year that you did not get bread. So if once you have your mind set on what you desire to become and what you want to be, then you have to go back and build those habits and build that factory, that operating system in your life. That's going to give you that. So you can't blame the goals if you haven't built the habits. And that's why you have to, uh, that's why I would say you have to respect the habits and you have to value, uh, rather respect your goals and value them. Because when you respect them and you'll value them, you'll check your habits more. You're more mindful of it. You won't procrastinate as much. You won't be um, as all over the place. You'll be a little more tight uh, with your budget. You'll be a little more uh, flexible about learning and growing. You'll go to things that will feed and strengthen those habits. Sometimes I've learned, you know, when I go to the gym, I simply have to work out with other people. Me working out by myself, I'll get to a certain set and I'm out <laughs> and I'm done. You have to allow yourself to surround yourself with people who have the same kind of habits, who, who want to, who want the same things you do. It's not enough they're talking about it, but they actually have an actual system in place. Habits are in place 
to give them what they need and give them what they want. If you don't surround yourself with people who ha who want to go the same place, you're going to find yourself in the same place year after year. So you have to be mindful of that. If I want to go to California, but I've just surrounded myself with people who want to go to New York, how... When am I going to get to California? Because you got to be mindful where you want to go. You have to be clear about it. You have to put a system in place to get you there and you have to maintain it. Your habits are your operating system. Whatever you want out of life, you have to build the habits to get you there. And you have to intentionally build the habits of, of, of getting you there. And uh, you, you have to make sure you have people around that will definitely push you because they already know what it feels like to fall off on habits. So you have to be, you have to be clear about that. The reason I'm saying these things, and you know, it's not because it's just January, but it is so key uh, that we learn how to value and respect habits. We have to learn and respect our goals because these things are really shaping us. And they're molding us more than we think. And that's why I use the word gym, uh, use the, uh, about the gym, because you need the gym uh, to go. You know, there's some people that can go in the gym and they can work out by themselves and have phenomenal workouts. But then there are a lot more people who need a team. I'm personally, I need a team of people around me to help me simply because some things, some things I want to do require people to be around me to help me get through that exercise. There's some things that are required in your life that you have to do. You have to lift that are required for heavy lifting, but you need some people around you to spot you to make sure that you lift it the right way and that if it ever gets too heavy, they can help you get out from under it. So some of the times we can't move the way we want to because we don't have enough people around us to help us lift the heavy things. So we get stagnant in our growth, in our, in our journey, in our habits, in our goals because we've kind of mastered the things behind us, but really we haven't gotten to where we want to be. And to get to where you want to be, you have to lift some heavy things and you need some people around you who will spot you in your goals and spot you in your habits. You need a good, solid, focused team. I'm not talking about 25 people. If you find you anywhere from two to five people that you can bounce things off of that can help you with your habits, then and help you stay focused. You have to stay focused. And, and, and that is, that's not only a habit, but that's got to be a goal. Your goal has got to be you got to remain focused, but you also have to build a habit that you remain focused. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, our K7 weekend, we talk about those kind of things. Uh, and just in case in point, I'll be honest with you, this is how I kind of came about with K7 outside of the Lord leading me to do it. It really was about, I wanted to see something different that I could be a part of as far as teaching leadership. And so then what happened, I was looking for everything and I was looking for other people to put me in on their on their platform because I knew them and people didn't want me didn't put me on their platform or for whatever the reason and then I got to the place where I built my own platform and so as a as a uh, point of that I began to have to focus set goals and begin to change my habits and so begin to develop things where. Uh, some people say, well, why do you do K7 every three months? 
I'm building something and it's a goal. So I have to keep doing it. Uh, I can't just have a conference once a year. I got to keep doing it. When you're trying to build something successful, something that's going to impact people, you have to be consistent. You got to have some grit and some grind and some grace. You got to do that thing and you got to be consistent even if nobody comes because the, the goal of it is that you begin to see what you can accomplish, what you can be, and also find out what is your value. Through K7 Leadership Network, I began to see my value. I started, I, my price for it was real low. People was like, all this stuff you're teaching? And I had to, I, I, well, I thought I was, you know, helping people, but I had to realize some of my audience were people who weren't even bothered, who weren't even worried about learning about leadership. See, some of you, here's a side note, I'll give you this one for free. The rest you got to come to the workshop, and that's a fee, but I'll give you this one for free. You're trying to build something with people who aren't even interested in what you're doing. And when people have no interest in what you're doing, they will not have any value toward it. They don't care. They may love you, but they don't care. So you have to begin to learn how to find your audience and find people that want what you have at the value that it is. And sometimes you have to go through a few empty seats in order to find your value. And you got to go through a few empty seats to realize what you've been called to do and then begin to develop that thing and begin to build it because you now understand this is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm going to do. And this is the cost of what it takes to do what I want to do and be okay with that because the folk that you're trying to get to buy in are the folk who aren't going to buy in in the first place. So you have to, you have to reset your goals and you have to become that. Sometimes the hardest people to support you are the people that's closest to you. Don't be offended at that. Don't be offended at anything. Truth be told, sometimes you don't need your audience to be the first people you come across because you might get too comfortable and you'll never find your value. And, and, and when I used to be a personal trainer years ago, you, if you look at me now, you're like, there's no way. Or the many years ago, I was charging real low because I'm thinking I'm helping people. And then, you know, I got hip that really people only value what they think you value it. If you don't value it, then they really don't want you to train them because they don't think that you really are, are valuing what you do. And people look at that. People look at what you charge to see if do you value it based on what they have seen, what this costs every place else. And so you, I, I know I've strayed just a little bit, but I really want you to understand that as going back to becoming goals and becoming uh, and valuing them, you got to understand your value. You got to understand what, what it takes to do what you do. If you sell pocketbooks and you sell them for $50, but it costs you $70 to make them, but you're trying to help people, can I tell you something? You're hurting yourself because that money is coming out of your bottom line. That money is coming out of really out of your pocket because you don't have a bottom line because you're underselling everything. So you have to kind of look at why do you do that? Uh, why do you undersell yourself? Why are you not valuing it the way you're supposed to? What are you afraid to do? And major parts of that is because we have been marketing to the wrong people. We keep marketing to people who have no interest, who have not even aware of what you are doing and have no interest in coming or showing up. They are showing you these are my habits. I have no, I, I'm, I'm not trying to change them. 
And so I want I want to encourage somebody. I'm, I wasn't trying to do all that, uh, but <laughs> I want to encourage somebody that put it what it is, whether they come or not, at least rest knowing you know your value. And even if only five people or maybe a thousand people come, then it's okay. But you got to know your value. You got to understand your habits. You got to build your focus. You, 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 were, you were a brand before you were a brand. So when people say your name, they're really talking about your brand. And so I want you to be mindful of that. When people are talking about you, they're talking about your brand. Every time they say your name, they're saying uh, Coca-Cola. Every time uh, Hunt's Ketchup, Heinz or Chevrolet. Every time your name is brought up, that's a brand. And they're going to then say your name and then describe everything around your name. And then people make a decision. So since your name is already going to be a brand, you might as well make sure that when they describe you, they're pretty accurate, that you know your value. He's got great habits. He's got great goals. He sets his mind on the right things. He comes through what he's supposed to come through. I see him getting better and better. Everything that he's doing, he's growing. It's quality. It's excellence. It has integrity. It has order. Yes, they have a ways to grow, but they have the intangibles. People are looking for the intangibles in what you do. People can deal with you may not be where you need to be, but they, they also know you still can be excellent where you are. You still can have integrity right where you are. You're, if you're going to put books out there, make sure all of the words are spelled correctly. Make sure you get your good editor. I don't care if your book got one page. Make sure it's done in excellence. People remember that and they stick to the quality of who you are as you grow into who you are becoming. That's why you must value and be uh, your uh, goals and what you're becoming because people will watch you and they will become brand loyal to you because they've seen you be excellent with nothing. And now they're seeing you be excellent with many things. So don't be discouraged about who don't come. Don't be discouraged about who's not a part of your ministry or your marketplace. Like, listen, let me tell you something. I got a K7, my workshop, uh, you know, people, I, I'm not worried about who's coming, who's not. We got people registering, but you can't get caught up in that because sometimes it's not about the people that's coming. It's really teaching you. You just might be catering to the wrong audience. The people that you're talking to don't want your product. It's okay it's okay if I, if if you're trying to sell me a igloo in Georgia and you're not being successful. What that simply means is you need to change your audience. You need to go to Alaska. But sometimes you need that failure to see what you need to do. You need that failure so for you to understand where you need to go from here. Failure will teach you your value. It will teach you how to succeed. Failure will teach you what not to do. You need a good season of failure. Some of you say, I've been failing all the time. No, you haven't been failing all the time because if you keep trying, number one, you're not failing because failure is simply teaching you what not to do. Failure is teaching you now a different way of accomplishing your goal. Failure is a way of showing you that you're on the right track. Keep pushing, keep grinding it out. Tweak this, tweak that, you're going to be okay. So do not give up on things because you have failed. 
Failure just simply teaches you um, what success can't teach you. Once you become successful, people, you know, they rest on their laurels, but failure keeps you grinding it out. Failure is really uh, the womb of success. You need failure. Do not be afraid of failing. Be afraid of not getting up. If you want to be afraid of anything, be afraid of not getting up, but do not be afraid of failing. You need that. We all need that. We all have failed, whether you're in ministry or in marketplace. The key to failure is finding how to get up and redirect some things, changing habits, changing perspective, valuing things that you need to value and, and redirecting your efforts. And, and you need that. You need that. And that's why, you know, that's why I do the K7 Leadership Network. The K7 Leadership Network is really bringing together leaders in ministry and marketplace that we can come together and begin to build solutions because many of us have failed. And through our failures, we learn how to build solutions that now work. And that's why, you know, I, I invite you, you know, go and sign up, go and register um, K7 uh, you go to our, our website, k7leadershipnetwork.com. You can go to uh, lionheartglobal at dot e eventbrite.com and you can go to all these things and on January 25th through the 26th. And we're going to teach on some of these things. And we're going to teach on uh, things like uh, becoming a change agent, dysfunctional processes and systems, navigating through life and leadership. You know, you're, you're, you're a great leader, but you also got to deal with life. And if you want to know the key of becoming a great leader, you got to get better at living your life. You, you lead as you live. And so there's some people that's trying to be a great liver, uh, a great leader, but they're not a great liver. And so you have to, if you want to get, want to really be successful in leadership, you got to learn how to live. You got to learn how to live, um, live, uh, lead your family. Uh, you want to be able to lead them properly and watch things greatly happen for you. And so I, I don't want to hold you guys up a lot today. I just want to share these things with you, but I want to, the topic was becoming and valuing your goals. I want you to value your goals, but you got to become your goals. Whatever you decide to do, you got to become that. If you say, I don't like to read, well, you got to become a reader if you plan on going where you need to go. If you don't like to be around people, you're going to have to put that off to the side a little bit until you can, you know, you got to grow because you need networks. You need uh, resources. You need connections. I'm sorry to say this. It's not so much what you know, it's who you know. I, I know we don't like to hear that, but can I tell you something? It's the absolute truth. It's not always what you know. It's who you know, and you need to know who you need to know. <laughs> you need to get into the right circles. You can't always hang out. You got to get to some conferences, some workshops. You need to sign up for things at your job. You need to value and become your goals. Invest in you. You have invested in everything else, but you got to learn how to invest in you and invest in your leadership, invest in your living. You got to be able to invest in you, not just how you look. I'm talking about invest in you. Your greatest commodity is right here. Invest in it. Read, sign up for something, go somewhere, spend some money on your mind. I want, let me say that again. Spend some money 
on your mind. Invest in your mind. Let 2019 be a year of mind investments. Read, connect, ex expand, do some things. Get out of those, those little cliquish groups and you know, get out of those folk that aren't trying to do anything and, and, and get you a fire about yourself. Get you a fire, a, a passion and a zeal about your goals. And even if you got to do it by yourself, you know, do what you got to do. Have you a, a desire, a fire and a zeal for your calling. Even if you got to light your own fire, do not let fire extinguishers, which are some of your friends, do not let fire extinguishers put you out every time you get ready to flame on. Be mindful of the people who are always trying to put your fire out every time you're about to flame on. And you tolerate that because you're friends. Be mindful of that. Everybody is not your friend. There are a lot of people who are straight up fire extinguishers. As soon as you say what God tells you, as soon as you say your dream, as soon as you're talking about you're going to go on a trip, you got to... You got you to gotta think differently about who you are and what you've been called to be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off the road right there. Once again, I'm Kenneth Law with the K7 Leadership Network. We got a big weekend coming up January 25th and 26th of this year at the Embassy Church out there in Pula. You can go sign up and register today. No, it's not free. Uh, the, the price is on there, www.lionheartglobal.com dot eventbrite.com or you can go to our website www dot um what is it k7 leadership network.com and we got a special uh going on early bird up to the holiday on monday up to the holiday after that it goes back to the full price of 65 dollars plus lunch is included haha -ha. we're gonna feed you haha -ha. and usually our lunch is good and you'll be able to connect and all that good stuff so I bless God for you. I hope this has helped you. Please send me some feedback and things. If hopefully I can get back on here this week, talk to you a little more. I got a podcast that you can go to the K7 Leadership Network um, podcast. You can go to iTunes and Google Podcasts and some of the others, uh, and you can get that, and you can go from there. So we're trying, and we're doing what we got to do, but I hope to see you um, at the K7 Leadership Weekend this month. Plus, oh, I just thought about that. We got mentoring that I do every month uh, that I'm going to start in February. You can go on our website and you can sign up for that. Mentoring, I'll be doing mentoring. Monthly mentoring is at $24.99, uh, but it's also uh, for the whole year, it's just $250. So you actually get a, a month or two off, if I'm not mistaken. But I hope to see you this uh, end of this month. And I bless God for all my friends that are on here. And if you ever need me to come and help with leadership, I love teaching on life and leadership. Please, man, please invite me. I'm Kenneth Law uh, with um, K7 Leadership Network. I would love to come in and help your ministry or marketplace leaders. And uh, we talk about emotional intelligence. I love talking about that because it helps me understand our emotions. You have no idea how much your emotions get you in trouble or get you, <laughs> get you into destiny. And so I bless God for my friends and brothers and frat brothers are on here. Uh, KK to all those that are on here. And I bless God for 
them. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Hopefully, I'll hear from you all, and you'll sign up today. Go sign up today. Register right now. I command it in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, go and do that, and I look forward to seeing you, and I'll, I'll be back on here this week. If you want a particular topic, send it to me. Let me know, and then we go from there. Man, God bless you all. I love you so much. Go and uh, get on those goals. Become your goals. Value your goals. And work on your habits. I'm telling you, 2019 will be one of the best years you have ever had if you tweak just a couple of things. You're that close. You're that close. You're just that close. Go do what you got to do. All right? God bless you. And I love you to life. All right? See you soon. Bye-bye.